0: Welcome to Pregnancy Health Podcast. We're starting off with a series of discussions on the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case. So this is the first episode in that series and it's sort of a Dobbs 101 crash course. So we have a few speakers in today's discussion. We have Danielle White, legal counsel for Heartbeat International. We have our president, Drell Godsey, and our international program specialist who has been a lawyer for many years and also happens to be our previous legal counsel here at Heartbeat, Ellen Fell. So there are a lot of great minds in this room, and we know that there are just a lot of ideas and speculations about the Dobbs case. So let's get started.
1: Thanks, Christine. It's uh, been very exciting to be talking about Dobbs. And some people I think are wondering like, well, what's Dobbs? Like, what's that all about? We get a little bit of information, well actually get a lot of information from the mainstream media, but not necessarily the right information and good information. So that's one of the reasons why we want to start with like Dobbs 101. Where are we at? How did we get here? What are the pieces that are in play and what are the possibilities ahead of us? So as we think, uh, Danielle and Ellen, I appreciate legal minds and I, uh, that are involved in this who have been really kind of, one, walking in this movement as a whole, but also in particular walking with the pregnancy help nature of this movement, which is especially helpful, I believe, in this particular context. Um, it informs us maybe a little different, differently. So wh- how did we get here? Like Dobbs is a big deal. Uh, And we know it's a big deal, but why is it a big deal? Because it seems like it's keenly positioned, of course, it kind of echoes back to Roe. And then I think it leverages off of 1992's Casey, right? So it's odd for us non-lawyers to think in those terms, but how did we get here?
0: Yeah, so I think I heard somebody say a while ago that history is not in the past. Um, And so recognizing the past case law is is really helpful because it's not just in the past. It influences how legislatures can form laws today. So the Dobbs case involves a 15-week gestational limit on abortion in the state of Mississippi. And it it contains an exception for um, emergencies for the, the health of the mother, but it doesn't contain the traditional health of the mother exception um, and then I believe there's an exception also for fetal anomalies. Uh, this case is so important because it strikes at—the th- question presented is whether all pre-viability bans on abortion are unconstitutional.
1: Okay, so to get to pre-viability, we have to go back to, to remember that Roe itself did not have that. Well, actually, Roe did—had had the trimester—it it, it introduced some, stru- some structural elements— that kind of form, formulated the law and we, that we were kind of held to. Mm-hmm. But it also had a companion case, Doe versus Bolton, that really then kind of dismissed mo- much of that structure that the first trimester, second trimester, third trimester um, issues that were built into Roe right. was undone on the same day yep. with a companion decision, Doe versus Bolton.
0: Right, right. So Roe is best known for its trimester framework, where the in the first trimester, um, there can be basically no restrictions on abortion. And then the second trimester, they kind of like, well, maybe there's this viability issue and you there's a more, of a, more of a balancing. And then in the third trimester, we think the state's interest in protecting fetal life is more robust. And so you can have much more, um, the states can regulate abortion much more strongly in the third trimester under Roe. So Ro. the
1: states can do that because Roe said that originally,
0: Right. But then you have Dovey Bolton, which was decided the same day. I feel like there should day. be music
1: with that. then...
0: Then comes Doe v. Bolton, decided the same day and by the same justices voting the same way, um, that says you have to have a health exception in every law, regardless of what trimester you're in. And guess who gets to decide whether this abortion is for the health of the mother, which was defined extremely broadly. It was like her her financial health, her social health, her psychological health, all of those things. And the person who gets to certify whether the health exception applies is this very same person who's going to financially benefit the abortionist, from her making that decision. So you have Warren Hearn, for example, saying in a newspaper article shortly— Famous late-term
1: abortionist. Yes, yeah. thank you.
0: <laughs> uh, shortly thereafter, saying that he would certify that any pregnancy is a threat to women's health. So we create this uh, this trimester framework, and then we just basically do away with it on the exact same day.
1: But So that's why those two laws, we have to always kind of take them together. Most most of the, the common, like, our common language will talk about Roe, yes. but it really is the two those two landmark laws coming out on the same day. Doe, Doe versus boldness is, for, is forgotten. But when we talk about Roe, we're really talking about what the total effect of that was that what that happened on that day relative to the Supreme Court's decisions in both cases.
0: Right. The big news from Roe is abortion is now a fundamental right. And in
1: throughout the pregnancy, that that's the that's where the health accept. That's why the the you know the for the vernacular of the health of the mother was an issue. Um, and so consequently, like from the political spectrum, people say, well, aren't you concerned about the health of the mother? But again, the, the legal definition that was so broad Mm -hmm. that when we would say, well, are you concerned about the health of the mother? People were thinking, oh, it's a life threatening issue that for which she has to have the abortion. When in fact, it could be a lot of very temporary things in play. So that, that's, that's how Roe gets us the kind of the core of the right to abortion that now has to be almost defended by the Supreme Court from there on out. That, that's, where, that's why we hear this, this term "Starry decisis, right?
2: Before we get there, I think the other thing that Roe and Doe did was it not only made abortion, the two cases together, not only made abortion legal throughout the term of the pregnancy, but it made it legal throughout the nation, right mm-hmm. and so it was no longer a state by state by state decision um the other th- e- even
1: though Roe said states have the ability to do it but then in, in the one hand they 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 reinforced the ability and on the other hand they took it away from them
2: Exactly, mm-hmm. okay exactly
1: which is why this continues to be the legal issue that it is and and has been the real challenge and why it has to be fought at the legal level
2: mm-hmm. yes and the other thing I think that, Doe and Roe did was that um, they pitted the um, health of the mother against the health of the child. Mm-hmm. And that's where this whole viability issue keeps why it keeps coming back. Because if the the if the child in utero has no rights, has quote limited viability, then you can elevate the health of the mother, but now with which is which, in
1: one sense is putting one human being giving one human being more rights than another human being, and of course we we define it as the mom and the baby, yes, and and wherever the baby is in, in their statement of the stage of development. Um, so what you're talking about though viability becomes an issue well after. Now we get a number of things that are happening throughout the somewhat in the 70s, a few things try to happen in the 80s. All of those are are subject to. Uh, Supreme Court review because of the way that they they decided those two cases yes. back in seventy three, and what we finally get somewhere we think we're getting somewhere in nineteen ninety two and like and like Roe is gonna gonna take a hit and it's and it's potentially gonna be overturned and not so much but we, we get to this viability issue with Casey, which is going to explain why Dobbs is so important.
0: Right. So the Casey case comes in nineteen ninety two and there were a number of abortion restrictions that were at issue in that case. Um, informed consent, a 24-hour waiting period, reporting requirements for abortion facilities—which, of course,
1: are awful, terrible things. Yes, no one should ever have to deal <laughs> having with having right? somebody wait for Being 24 informed, hours to make know? a
0: yeah. decision like that. It just seems like a no-brainer. Um, but when after plan, after Roe and Doe, all of these abortion restrictions were just getting struck down, struck down, struck down, struck down. So the movement was working really hard to try and figure out well, <laughs> you. Supreme Court, you say that the states can regulate abortion, but we keep trying to regulate abortion and you keep striking it down. So what exactly can we do? Um, so this, this uh, the law at issue in Planned Parenthood versus Casey had just a number of things. And it was really kind of like a throw it at the court, throw it at the wall and see what sticks kind of a thing. Um, so medical emergency, they tried to tinker with the definition of a medical emergency because of that health exception. Mm-hmm, so yes. they... Um, they tried to kind of scale back the health exception and say not not just any health reason or anything that could be relatively connected to the well-being of the mother. We're talking about an actual medical emergency was going to be our state's law that there can be exceptions in an actual medical emergency. Um, a parental consent notification, and a spousal consent notification. So this,
1: these are all the things that that the, the Casey... Um, lawsuit was really going after, yes, and basically making the court say, "Come on, one, you know, all of these are are we feel are relevant, yes. So where do they land? Well, yeah, what they
2: wanted was clarification that that the medical community and the legal community as well as the general population are just looking for right, clarification.
1: Pitting the as we talked earlier, not just the mom and the right, mom's rights and the baby's rights. It's also the the concern for medical people, like they're like operating in their own conscience, yes. you know, the things that they know are professionally not okay, but somehow legally now are accepted or protected. And so you have this conflict happening in a variety of places, not just, and not just, at the issue, the political issue, and, yeah. but and the rights issue, but also people pro- properly practicing their professions, you know, in uh, in medical um, in care and care of, of pregnant women, of babies, and all of these things. So, right. so right. the court decides in Casey. What did so they decide?
0: They upheld the court upheld all of those provisions of the law, with the except with the exception of the spousal notification provision. They struck that down. But the big thing that came out of Casey was okay. Actually, we're upholding Roe, but we're just going to change everything about it, which is just so.
1: <laughs> so clarification quite isn't what they achieved, yeah. right? So yes. they became they 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 wanted clarification, and what they ended up with was maybe some things got clarified, but other things got. Crazy muddled,
0: right? So in Roe, you have the court using the language that abortion is a fundamental right, and that matters from a legal perspective because a fundamental right, any law that
1: can't be infringed,
0: right, could infringe. Well, it's it's subject to strict scrutiny, which the is the phrase for lawyers, but strict scrutiny um, has been. Said to be strict in theory and fatal in fact. So when laws are subject to a strict scrutiny analysis, they tend to fall.
1: Which so, is what we saw really post Roe. Like, correct. So so that's why everything was really getting getting, getting hammered because down. it was being nothing could survive being, strict scrutiny. Uh, being uh, yeah yeah uh, strictly scrutinized. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that left it that left it basically where nothing. So now Casey then comes and they do decide. Okay. Yes. True. You can actually restrict this mm-hmm. in certain instances and isn't it so viability really becomes their new albeit wobbly line of where yeah. to draw that
0: but again they had to kind of change the the analysis so now, it's abortion is no longer, under Casey, a fundamental right. So you're going to hear people say, abortion is a fundamental right, it's a fundamental right. But you listeners will know that even the Supreme Court says that abortion is not a fundamental so right. So that
1: came out of Casey. We have that Correct. from so 1992, so mm-hmm. nearly, what, 30 years right. of, of of that reality, even though— um, the, some of the talking points that you'll hear in the media, you'll hear people cast around, oh, this fundamental right is in danger. Well, actually it's not been that for, for 30, 30 years. years. And exactly. so, okay, that, that's a good point of clarification. Right. So we come out, we come out with, um, out of Casey with viability, which of course at that time, you know, the te- me- modern technolo- mm-hmm. medical technologies of 1992, far be it Better than 1973 when Roe was decided, but are not anywhere near what what we know today. We've had a lot of advances and a lot of things that kind of play into now this conversation today, which is Dobbs. So Dobbs comes in and says um, Mississippi says, "Hey, we'd like to restrict abortions after 15 weeks." Right. Which, as I understand, if you that viability in '92 was around 24 weeks, a moving target, like. It, maybe it was 25 or 26 right. or 28 then, but it's certainly now we've we've had babies survive as young as 21 weeks being born, right, I believe. Right. Uh, 22, yes, many. 21, a few. Um, uh, so viability is moving, and so the law now is kind of its own being exposed because it's very subjective to the current technology. Mm-hmm. So Mississippi comes in and says 15 weeks. We, want to, we think it should be restricted, which is important because that's actually the end of the first trimester, right. beginning of the second trimester, which harkens back to, in a sense, harkens back to the, the row structure that was established. Correct?
0: In some ways. I think it's also trying to bring the—Mississippi's law is actually in line with the rest of the world, which is a right. point that Ellen was mentioning earlier— the, the rest of the world, in, in Europe, I think it's 47 out of 50 countries restrict abortion by 15 weeks.
1: So the rest of the world, except, of course, uh, China, yeah. North Korea. We're a in few great other, we're, yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're an amazing yeah. company. Only, what, five or six other yeah. other nations allow the kind of uh, exceptionally liberal abortion law that is of, is in our land. Maybe not in every state in our land, thanks to Casey, but it's in our land somewhere. You can get an abortion up until the moment of birth.
0: right.
2: Yeah. And when you look at even 72, 73, the laws of other nations, there was none of the discussion about viability being the the viability of the child. It was, it's at this week, 12 weeks, 14 weeks, 16 weeks, some very few countries at that time, 20 weeks. So the, the discussion of viability wasn't really an issue as it oh, is here. Oh, so the here.
1: 92 court and basically created that for the rest of the world. Uh, yeah. Yes. Out of thin air, which is, of course, not what the. Uh
2: I thought the law was based on something more than thin air. Yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. But the judiciary is not supposed to be deciding these things is the bigger point. And that's right. kind of also the issue at Dobbs. You yes. know, the state is saying, wait a minute, we have a compelling interest in this. Uh, and I will never forget uh, Governor Jeb Bush at the time when uh, – this is in the the beginning of something called – which is now called the Florida Pregnancy Care Network that started out of the governor's discretionary budget in Florida. And he in, – in supporting that, he said – he actually said to me, he said, Jarrell, of course Florida has a compelling interest in its smallest residents mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that is really powerful. Why don't more governors say that? But now we have – more governors recognizing that, and certainly that's happening in the state of Mississippi. They're saying, wait a minute, we, we have a very very compelling interest here, and that's what they're fighting for. Is right. that, are those the, what are the key arguments that really sit under Dobbs?
0: Yeah, so it's interesting because the, the state came to the court and said, we want to know, are all pre-viability restrictions on abortion or bans on abortion unconstitutional? Um, they didn't come to the court and say, "Hey, uh, could we overturn Roe versus Wade?" <laughs> um, but they, in a sense, the question does um, require the court to revisit Roe versus Wade and more pointedly Casey. So everybody in the in the news is talking about Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is relevant. Casey is the more relevant, especially for the Dobbs case. Um, is the more relevant precedent to be looking at because it created this viability standard. Um, And so Dobbs comes to the court and they say, hey, you know, we think that this is, this was, always was, and still is an issue for the states to decide, this being uh, the abortion issue. Um, And so a lot of their arguments in their briefing uh, talks, they talk a lot about how the states should be able to regulate this. That that the court has seized all of this power from from the states, and now they've brought it up to the the national level. Where um, I think it was Justice Scalia, actually said it's infinitely more difficult to resolve at the national level. and so it's turned up the temperature. I mean, we know that everyone who who sits in the United States knows that this is the most contentious issue mm-hmm. in Well, the and we United see this States. every
1: time there's a Supreme Court justice exactly. opening. It becomes mm-hmm. a the big thing that we well for for many many of the justices, we didn't talk about it, but we talked about it, and then now it's very open. Uh, the line of questioning that goes to the side, you know, funny. it is
2: the litmus test. It is. It
1: is. Well, it, it's been it's been projected as that, and then only to find some justices that supposedly had taken that litmus test and found themselves to be on the other side of that conversation. We won't discuss that, but yeah. that's part of the <laughs> that is part of the ninety right, two Casey thing. Yeah, Casey, Casey right. actually exposed some of that. That I don't know what litmus they were using, but it was not effective in that situation. But sure. so we so Dobbs is basically challenging. Casey, but also Roe. So, there, there. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what could happen in this. So, we talked really about the viability. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You're lawyers. <laughs> you don't like to. You don't like to speculate on these things. But we're talking about really. So, Mississippi is really challenging, kind of the heart of of the viability issue of Casey, which by extension. Has the ability for them to be challenging Roe. Mm-hmm. So if we had a, if we had many justices that were sitting there saying, "Look, it's long overdue that Roe needs to be revisited." This is that opportunity. Is that right?
0: That's right. And I think we also have to back up and just cover a concept that might make it into the the discussion, um, and that is the Starry Decisis concept, which is that the court, and especially Justice Roberts, right now. Um, has this doctrine called stare decisis, which means to stand by things decided. And the idea behind that is, uh, you know, and they, they actually say this in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, look, we don't, we can't really say whether what we would have decided as justices if we sat on the bench and when Roe was decided and it doesn't matter because as a Supreme Court, we have to follow our own precedent, so that we have stability in the law and predictability in all of these things. And so, and clarification, yeah. clarity, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Justice Roberts is a huge proponent of stare decisis,
1: as as he was in Obergefell. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He's
0: Allegedly, a huge uh, proponent of stare. Decisis. Oh, thank you.
1: So, so there <laughs> okay. has been uh, there. So there. Well, June Medical does that, right? Uh, there's some. There's some adjustments, so it's it's not as rock solid as 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 a, a concept. It's and in fact it can't be. I mean, we go back to you know something crazy like Dred Scott, which was about you know owning people, and 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 that was rightly overturned. You can't simply stand on those kind of crazy political environments right. or. Crazy legal standing in a in in a, in a different political environment, different understanding really of what it is to be human, mm-hmm. and this is very similar to that, right? So, stare decisis may be a a, a very good stabilizing principle for the justice to follow generally, but mm-hmm. when when confronted with something that challenges things that were. Particularly with new information, new understanding, which we have from '73 and from '92, mm-hmm. then then it's right to go back and reconsider it.
0: And then the court has said that stare decisis is is not an inexorable command. Is the phrase that they use? It's not mm-hmm. an inexorable command. So there are there is isn't basically basically a framework that they use to determine: um, Do we have to follow? the precedent set before in this instance. So does stare Stare decisis apply in this instance?
1: So big, go ahead.
0: Which brings us back
2: to the whole issue of viability, because Roe versus Wade depended so much on the viability argument. Well, if viability can be contested by what our modern medical equipment now reveals, that Fifteen weeks, they can feel pain, they can suffer, then you really have to take the starry decisis element out. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if the the case was dependent or the reasoning was dependent upon what we knew then, then what we know now should give us cause or at least pause. To reconsider what the court ruled.
1: Well, I like the cause better than the pause. But yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. So, so because there's a cause here. I mean, the cause of the plight of the unborn yes. and the subjugation of, of one human's rights to another. Right. That right. that's kind of the underlying thing of all of this. That we would contend. Um, so, the opportunity of Dobbs. You know, I, we could talk about this for a long time because there's so many elements, and we've really covered the. Legal standing of abortion in a very quick fashion. Um, even though we've used some very lawyerly, lawyerly phrases, <laughs> uh, some of us have anyway. Um, but we get to Dobbs, and now we're wondering what's going to happen. Now I know we, we can't predict what's going to happen, and so often, even though we see a clear path of what can be done, we get something that is not not like anything we even imagined, right? So certainly Casey was not, was not was that we mm-hmm. we couldn't have, you know there was those that I, that were expecting Casey to be the vehicle to overturn Roe altogether. That did not happen. We ended up with something that was not expected. So, uh, of course, we can't expect exactly what's going to happen, but what might possibly be a result that comes from this court?
0: Well, so you have the two spectrum, or the two ends of the spectrum. The first would be that the court says, yep, all all restrictions on pre-viability abortions are per se unconstitutional. So
1: boom, Dobbs is done. Mississippi gets no further. Yep. They, they don't get anything that they've asked for. And, and so that An abortion, keeps us kind of where we are.
0: Yes, exactly. That seems unlikely because the, the case is coming up from the Fifth Circuit, which decided that the Law was unconstitutional, and so it seems unlikely that the court would take the case just to reaffirm the Fifth Circuit and then add all of this hoopla and turn up the temperature when they're not going to change anything that the Fifth Circuit already did. So that seems okay. Unlikely. And to be
1: clear, it only takes four justices to say yes to to, to review something, which is yes. in the numbers, right? So if we, you know, depending upon who you talk to and what you what we can't know, like. We could, we do have at least in theory a six-three uh, balance of court. Generally, has that has expressed concerns about Roe in the past.
2: Yes, we I may not have that six-three vote generally.
1: generally yeah, yeah, I, I, re- I realize. Uh, yeah, we're I'm, I'm simplifying things because I'm the non-lawyer here, right? So six-three possibly, mm-hmm. but certainly we have four that have been very vocal, even in recent um, months, years about. There are con- deep concerns about Roe and and its effects on the law, mm-hmm. and so that's why it's easy to see why how four justices said yes. We need to revisit this because we need to at best fix the mess that we put ourselves into with Casey, right. Right. A, as an extension mm-hmm. of Roe. So that's a all that's a good sign to say we want to review that, revisit this, and now is the time. We can't wait any further. Right. Although there are some other laws that are kind of or other. Um, uh, state laws. There are several harpy bills that are in play mm-hmm. right now. This is this is not the case that's going to decide those, but it certainly be a case that would would influence them. But the court knows that knows that these even tighter restrictive laws are out there. Six weeks, as yep. we see right. in Texas, um, several that have been that have been pushed up and struck down, um, others that are kind of lingering, uh, wait, kind of maybe waiting for an answer to see what. So then the court knows that this is happening. So they are saying, all right, let's talk about this now.
2: Right. Well, and I think, I can't remember which case it was where, uh, in her dissent, Justice, the late Justice Ginsburg, commented on the lack of clarity that the court kept issuing from the bench. And if the purpose of the Supreme Court is to bring clarity, then it has an opportunity to do so.
1: Well, if it's not, then they are the de facto medical board of the United States, which yes. is, which of course, none of them are qualified to be that. Um, I, maybe you know it. That, that Maybe that's a concept that should be considered elsewhere. I don't think so. But uh, certainly the Supreme Court ought not be the, the de facto medical board, right, determining mm-hmm. this, this, this year its viabilities at this level. Next year, vi- um, they're not the ones to make that decision.
2: Well, and I think it's in, in the Dobbs case they talk about how with every succeeding medical um, breakthrough – we are going to be pushing the issue of viability closer and closer to conception. Right. And then what will the court do?
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so let's stream big. What, what, what's the other end of that spectrum?
0: Yeah, so the other end of the spectrum is they they overturn Roe, Doe, Casey, and they Outright. send like the in, issue. Outright, in like
1: in their, in, their, um, in their, what is it, ruling?
0: Yeah, in their opinion. In mm-hmm. their opinion,
1: sorry. Um, in their opinion, they w- they would directly say and and basically push Roe aside. Say this is no longer really applicable.
0: Right, it was wrongly decided, and we are overturning it. And this issue goes back to the states to decide. And every abortion restriction would then just be subject to a what's called rational basis test, which is very very easy to pass.
1: So it. Relative to strict scrutiny, yes, right? I and mean, you still have to bring your, your good evidence, and For the sure. judges will see that. So then, that would push it back to the state. So uh, Roe is done, then abortion is officially banned at that point, right? No,
0: no, no, no,
2: no, no. <laughs> no. That was a trick question. <laughs> that that was just was that the non-lawyer the lawyer, in the room saying right.
1: that? <laughs> I just want to make sure because that that frankly, that's what's being like screened yes. in the, in yes, the media. Yes, exactly. Um, which you know, mostly that's the other side, the uh, you know, big abortion, and it's tentacles, our are, are mouthpieces are really screaming about, well, I, I suppose that they're using the right to abortion as that, but in effect, they're c- trying to create the specter that somehow Dobbs could create a situation where abortions can't happen anywhere in the U.S., and that is the probably the farthest thing from what, what will be decided in this instance.
2: I, I agree. I think that that type of language, though, and understanding that is not corrected um, is what creates and is what is continuing to create the hysteria.
1: Well, I, I would contend that hysteria is intentional, but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. The, now, for the pregnancy help movement in particular, this is important, right? Because the what this what that decision would do would push it now state by state, which we've seen this in some of the other laws that are happening, and we we are also seeing states, some states on the other end of the spectrum that are kind of retrenching or entrenching the abortion right in their own state we saw we've seen illinois do that not just not just like carve out that uh right so-called right for their state but also now empowering that right with their funding right. you know the the state that can't seem to balance its budgets imagine is now finding funds to basically pay for abortion so they're creating basically creating themselves as an a uh, abortion hub. So obviously the pregnancy help organizations inside Illinois would kn- know this very well, um, and, or California or these other states, they're not the only ones, there are several. Um, but they, then you'd have a neighboring state maybe that is more red and it's, and it's more conservative and it would say, you know what, we want to restrict abortion, maybe, maybe restrict it greatly. So we would end up with many states having different footing on the issue.
0: That's right. Well. With
2: regard to what does this mean for the pregnancy help movement, we can take a page out of what do we see happening internationally. There are countries where abortion has absolutely even fewer restrictions and no Supreme Court to decide what is a legitimate restriction or not. Um, We have countries where abortion is completely illegal, we have countries that fall somewhere in, in the, you know, exceptions for rape, incest, health of the mother. And in every single one of those countries, there is a pregnancy help movement. Right. Whether abortion is legal or illegal, whether it is restricted or completely liberated from the law, there is going to be the need for pregnancy help Organizations.
1: Absolutely. So that's why it's helpful from the international perspective to realize some of the countries really have have gone before us in this, and they, or, they, or they their paths have been are now exam, more examples for us to follow. We've been on the deep end of the spectrum as far as allowing abortions anywhere, anytime, for any reason. So abortion on demand somewhere in our nation is available, whereas some countries have had uh, you know there's been some really good. Uh, countries in Latin America and, and mm-hmm. even in, in Africa who have been very strict. Uh, one in Europe, uh, actually two have been very strong in this. Um, maybe a third is getting better, uh, coming back more towards a, a very strong pro-life position. But even where it's been illegal, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. Right. Uh, we've seen where the, even, the, even a strict ban on abortion still as creates kind of this um, uh, reality of abortion that's happening. It's not necessarily enforced particularly well. And so that means that women still need help from being kind of trapped into that decision wherever we are, which is your point. And, and that's going to be more of a reality in their states. The the states that will have um, abortion and protected in their constitutions or in their uh, focus uh, will will obviously need a certain... Uh, type of pregnancy help n- need to be very clear that, hey, abortion is happening all the time. And we need to, to help intervene on, with those that are coming from somewhere else. Maybe they're, you know, suddenly uh, billboards may be more important because they're going to drive across from one state into the next. Um, but certainly outreach is going to be mm-hmm. uh, n- not going not gonna to be something that's going to go away anytime right. soon, uh, almost regardless of what Dobbs does. So we have the spectrum. Uh, they can leave it as is. Because that's been so much fun so far. Uh, <laughs> they could they could accept what's happening, what Mississippi's asking, and saying, okay, we recognize you do have this ability to restrict abortion, or they could take the opportunity really and push it all together and say, every state should have this, and that is in effect overturning Roe or, or Roe's grip on on, a, on abortion as a fundamental right, and Casey's qualification would then be stripped to some degree. Now it becomes a battle in every legislation. Exactly. Which it has been to some degree since Casey, certainly, and, and even before. But now it becomes even a stronger battle in every single legislation. Mm-hmm. So as pregnancy help people, we just need to be aware that this, this is on the horizon. We're going to hear a lot of information. We need to be informed, listen carefully to the sources that we know are gonna give us measured information. And I would, for this, I would make sure that everyone's tuned into pregnancyhelpnews.com. That should be on your regular reading. Uh, it should be a bookmark as a, as a website, but then certainly be getting our uh, every Monday recap of what happened last time, because we will publish anything that we know uh, about this issue and others related to pregnancy help. Uh, so be sure to be tuned into that. What else should, should they do? We should be praying, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. We definitely need to be praying. Let's pray for the justices. Let's pray for um, all of their clerks who are reviewing all of this Mm -hmm. information. Their clerks actually have a lot of um, power, a lot of sway with the justices. Um, Let's pray for the justices' families uh, who may be subject to intimidation. Um, there's lots of opportunities for prayer.
1: And I know that there are also several people gathering on December 1st. That's when oral arguments will happen. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not when the decision gets made. Correct. When so, does the decision get made? Have they already decided?
0: <laughs> no, no. It's, it's usually they save the blockbuster cases for the very, very end. And that'll be sometime... End of what? Of their term, thank you. The very, very end of their term. Which means
1: we won't really know an answer until June June of 2022. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, So
2: save your vacation days now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think another thing that we can do practically is we need to know how to speak into the hysteria in reasoned voices with actual Understanding, you, you don't have to be a lawyer, and I would not wish that on anybody. To, <laughs> but, but, but we need to know. Well, actually, this this is what it's addressing. This is what it means. This could be the outcome, but nobody knows the outcome because right now, with the the, the public hysteria about it, uh, the voice of reason is not coming forth loudly enough, and so I think that. Um, one of the things we can do is we have, we are able to speak reasonably into the culture.
1: So pray, speak reasonably, and then mm. co- basically for the pregnancy health movement in particular, continue to do what you're doing. Yes. You, you stand as a phenomenal example of why women don't need abortion. I mean, that's something that we actually had the privilege of submitting a amicus brief, which is friend of the court. So for the case of Dobbs, I think there were some like 80-friendly 80, uh, 80 uh, one's friendly to Dobbs mm-hmm. and anyway. and so ours was specifically about pregnancy health. Danielle, you helped you led authoring that. What what were some of the key takeaways from that?
0: Yeah, so our brief was was getting to one element of that stare decisis analysis. It was giving the court permission to step away from its precedence. and one of the reasons that we were arguing the court can uh, do away with Roe and Casey is that the circumstances have changed so drastically since, definitely since 1973, but even since 1992. And so it was just such an honor to champion the pro-life movement in this brief and to, or specifically the pregnancy help movement in this brief and to point out all of the ways that help has sprung up for women, help that didn't exist, not nearly in size and in the size and scope that it exists now. And to be able to tell the court, Hey, you know, these women are not going to be left to die on the streets. We have all kinds of resources mm-hmm. and support and help available for them. And so uh, the pregnancy help movement does contribute to creating a world where Roe is just not necessary. Even if it never was before, it's certainly not now.
1: One of the most compelling like facts in that brief was in 1992, uh, we count there were three pregnancy help clinics that had ultrasound. In the entire nation, and now we actually count that to be over 2,000 locations uh, where are pregnant, where pregnancy help centers have ultrasound available. It's just a, an example right. of the growth of the pregnancy help movement. You know, in the in the early 90s, it had come on strong, but it has come on even stronger in its ability to meet the ne- her needs where she's at, help her make sure that uh, she is not forced into a decision she doesn't want, and that's of course what. The other side is all is all about is making sure that their product, so-called product of abortion, is is freely available because they benefit from it. And so, um, any uh, last closing thoughts? Anything? uh, that we want to leave this, this Dobbs. One. I know we could have a, a, a 201, a, a 301, a 401, because this is so, and it's going to be interesting. We're going to come back and do this again, uh, after the oral argument, if we kind of get some hints about what the judges are asking, what the, what, what are they questioning? What are the pieces that, what supports their question or what supports the answer to their question? So we're going to come back and, and dialogue more specifically when we have some more actual insights into what the justices are asking, but any last thoughts?
0: You know, one thing that I think was really interesting was when I was reviewing the brief for Jackson Women's Health, They, their main argument was just, but this is the way it's been. They really didn't have much to bring to the table besides you, Supreme Court, have to keep this because it, this is the way it's been since 1973. So it'll be very interesting to see what they bring to oral argument. You know, when I was preparing for the amicus brief that we drafted and wrote in this case, I listened to the oral argument in Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And that attorney stepped up and started with her what she believed was her strongest argument, which was, Women have come to rely on abortion, and they need it in order to participate in this country. So if that's her strongest argument, and if we have shown that that's no longer true, well, all they have left is, but this is the way it's always been, and I I don't know that that's going to hold the water. Let's hope not
1: because you know I'm praying for the day when of course abortion is on the scrap heap of history just like slavery was and the laws that supported slavery Mm -hmm. and so the laws that support abortion need to go. So stay tuned we're going to have more interesting discussions about Dobbs because we got lots more to talk about and as we learn more as we understand more and as certainly as we get closer to that time when they make that decision.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast. Please check out the links and additional resources that will be added to the episode description for more information. Also, please subscribe at heartbeatinternational.org podcast and share with a friend. Thanks again and have a great rest of your day.